Come on, Raymond. That's it. That's it. Knees up. He reminds me so much of cousin It from the Adams family. <laughs> he's just, he's just hair. He's just hair. Oh, I love them. Welcome to Walking the Dog. My guest this week is not only one of the best love faces on children's TV, he also blew everyone away with his incredibly impressive moves on the last series of Strictly Come Dancing. It's only Reese Stevenson. Now, Reese loves dogs, but he doesn't have his own yet. So I brought along my boy Raymond. Who knew their encounter would basically turn into Rose meeting Jack in Titanic? I was essentially an uncredited extra in their epic love story, but I decided to forgive Reese for stealing Raymond's heart because the man is a professional heart stealer. We could barely get around Greenwich Park without love being thrown his way. Reese met up with us whilst he was touring with Strictly at London's O2 Arena, and we had the loveliest chat. We talked about his childhood, growing up with his seamstress mum and detective dad. I know, it's the ridiculously exciting plot twist that none of us saw coming. His decision to shift from a medical career into the entertainment world, and of course he told me all about Strictly and how it's kind of changed his life. But it doesn't seem to have changed him because Reese just seems so genuinely sweet-natured and generous. He's the kind of person you just really want the heroine to end up with in a rom-com and a secret dog whisperer. I adored Reese, and let's not even get started on Raymond's feelings for him. But I will let you get to know the man yourself. Please remember to follow, rate and review. I'll stop talking now and hand over to the fabulous Reese and Raymond. Right, Reese. Yeah. How confident are you with, you, I mean, you've already really bonded with Raymond. I, I, Raymond is, oh, sorry, Raymond. I don't know why I did that. Ah, Raymond, wait. We're good, Raymond, we're good, okay. Are you okay with taking him, Rhys? Yeah, I'm totally okay. Come on, Raymond, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, are we so well behaved? This is great. We're off. Sorry, I'm a bit, I'm a bit rusty. There we go. Oh, look at that dog, Rhys. Oh, that, one, that one's quaffed. He's very, he looks like he's kind of been to the, um, he's been to the groomers recently, I like him. Raymond? Are you casting aspersions or are you comparing Raymond unfavourably? No! <laughs> Raymond, Raymond's got a different hairstyle, what are you talking about? I, I, I can love two dogs at the same time, Emily. Gosh, oh, I would never dog shame. So I just introduced Reese to mm. his first, I call those uh, lead tangle encounter thingies. Yes. How did you find that? Because there was another dog approaching. It's quite, it's quite awkward. It's that, really awkward. He, I love how that guy just took, he just took charge of the situation. He just went, all right, let me put my hand over here, switch the leads, great. Um, and I just stood there, useless. Um, you know what? It's a very different world when you have a dog. I remember when my friend came and stayed over and um, let me look after her golden retriever puppy. And I took him for a walk. I've never been so popular in my life. I had so many people stop me for chats and I'm thinking, what's wrong with, oh, the dog, right. I can't believe, they're powerful beings because even when I'm on the underground where it's famously illegal to show joy, people <laughs> smile when a dog comes on. Um, and it's really, it's really, really funny. Um, I remember this, this guy came on um, with this ma massive dog, massive. And, he, and the dog would come and just like nudge. He went and nudged a woman. So she stroked him. Oh, hello. Oh, we saw that dog earlier. We saw him earlier. This he was outside the, uh, the sausage shop. Oh, yeah, he was. In a very cliched way. 
And um, yeah, so this big, big dog came and like nudged the woman, so she stroked him. And, yes. Shut up! Oh, of course you can. Sorry, Emily. Oh, thank you. I wanted you guys to win. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. We all wanted him to win. And like, seeing you like in real life, and guys, I was like, we're like this, lads. We were right at the front, and we were like shouting. She was shouting, and all the dancers. I was like, oh, thank you. Do you want me to take it of the three of you? Yeah. We'll send to mum. Oh my god. We were all like rooting for you. Oh, thank you. Oh yeah, this is Raymond. He's not mine, but uh, for the this is my no. Please don't worry. This is my no, dog, and Reese has stolen him. I have. So Raymond, Raymond come on. You've made our trip to London. Ten Smile, ten. everyone. I'll take a couple. Naomi, this is amazing. <laughs> there you go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There. No, so, so kind, thank you for coming and watching the show. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you very much. Reese. Yes. I can tell. <laughs> this is going to be. There's going to be a lot of. In- I mean, oh, I'm already. I, sh- I need to introduce you first. I, d- I think those ladies very kindly have. Yeah. We're going to get mobbed any second. <laughs> uh, I'm with the very wonderful Reese Stevenson, mm-hmm. and he hasn't got a dog. I do not. But we've met in Greenwich Park, mm-hmm. and the reason we've met in Greenwich Park is because you are. On tour at the moment, and you're doing your Strictly I show. I am. I am. At the O2, right? Yes. Yes. At the O2, uh, we're it's a, we're finishing the tour now, so we've been all around the UK, um, and we're coming back in London, um, do the last couple of shows, and I'm buzzing, and I'm also <laughs> really upset because it's going to end soon. And I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. I really don't. But um, it's been the most incredible experience. I'm I had no idea what tour was like, or life on the road and stuff and it is it's so fun it's 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 just you really you really get to bond with them than you did on the show because on the show everyone had their partners and so like you yeah. know you could talk and chat but especially because of covid and stuff you were kind of had to be a bit distant so you couldn't really bond the way we did on this tour it was we just became some kind of dysfunctional family like the von traps <laughs> you know it's been a blessing well, I want to talk lots more about that. Um, but I want to start firstly by saying thank you because you've immediately seized the reins or the lead and you're walking Raymond for me because you don't have a dog, Reese. No, I don't. And I want to know your sort of history with dogs. Did you, did you have pets growing up? And no, close to, I only ever had goldfish. My mum famously <laughs> did not like pets. She's very Jamaican. And uh, Jamaicans are like, the ones that I knew, pet wasn't really a, a word. You have, you'd have a dog, but the dog was for a purpose. You know, you'd have a cat, the cat was there for a purpose. No, the dog was there to, um, you know, keep intruders out or something, or working dogs. Like, no one really had a dog that was part of the family. It was I just, get it. Sometimes I wouldn't even name it. Um, <laughs> in Jamaica, it's like puss or dog. That's, that's the way they... Reference them. So, where should we go, Reese? Uh, I don't really know this part. What do you think? This yeah, way? That way. Should more we go greenery? this way? Might be nice and green. We could take Raymond off the leaves if you want. Oh, yeah, cool. Should I do it now? Yeah, go on. Raymond, you're free. Go. Go. I mean, you say you're free, you go like you're expecting him to be <laughs> to bounding out. I, I thought he was going to like gallop, but no, he's <laughs> like, oh, let me sniff this. Oh, there you go. Come oh, on. my gosh, he's like a cross dog. I love it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, my, no, my mum was never one for pets, so we, we never had that in the house. And I remember we, we'd try everything, be like, mum, can we have like a hamster? No. 
guinea pig, no. Wrap it, it'll be outside, no. She wouldn't have any of it. To the point where I remember a random frog appeared in our garden for maybe a week or so and I claimed it as my pet. So I named it Emerald and I came out to see it every day. Um, and then there was another time where um, there was a bee and it was sick. So I put it in a little uh, jar and I claimed that as a pet. And then I came back the next, and I was like trying to heal it. And I came back from school really excited. I was like, mum, where's the bee? And she went, it's dead. Uh, why? And she went, well, you put the lid over it and closed it. So I think, I, I don't think I was meant for pets really at that time. So I never had them. Yeah. And I was actually quite scared of dogs for a long time until um, uh, my best friend who I met in school, he had a dog and she was called Lucy. She was like 16 years old when I met her. She was old, old. So she wouldn't even chase a spider, she saw it. And um, she was the first dog that I learned to actually be calm with and love. And then after that now, dogs are, I think I'm the person who's the most dog friendly in my family. I love them. Really? Yeah, I definitely see myself getting one when I'm older. It's really interesting. I think one of the things that appeals to me is dogs' ability to move on. So they don't harbour grudges. No. But you can say to them, why did you do that, Raymond? And they're so resilient. Ten minutes later, they're like, oh, I've forgotten about that already, yeah. don't worry. It's one of those things that we could learn from them a bit. Yeah. They're dogs to, to not always forgive you. And especially friends of mine who've got rescue dogs, and they'll tell me some of the stories of what their dogs went through. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And you meet the dog, and you, you wouldn't think the dog went in for any kind of hardship. It's just, yeah. it's just loving and open. Um, it's, I don't know, dogs are just a wonderful spirit which I quite vibe with. Come on, Raymond. That's it. That's it. Knees up. He reminds me so much of Cousin It from the Adam's Sam. He's just, he's just hair. He's just hair. Oh, I love him. Well, I hope one day you get a dog, Reese. I would love to get a dog. I know, or I already know that I'll get, it would have to be a poodle cross. I can't be dealing with hair. Yeah. Um, so I, and I like the idea of taking it to groom it and get stuff done. But I, I said, I've said that with, when I get a dog, I'm gonna have boundaries, okay? So it's like, not in, the, not in the furniture, not upstairs, definitely not in my bed, but it will have its own bed, its own sofa. I'll give it the, I'll give it the best in the dog it, that, that a dog would want. So he doesn't want my, my moldy human stuff, but I'll have boundaries. If I want to cuddle, we'll cuddle on the floor. It'll be wonderful. It'll be intimate, but it's not on the sofa. And everyone tells me I'm delusional, but you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. I treat my partners like that. <laughs> yeah, that's very clever. I think that's very, very clever. But you know what? Boundaries for everyone, actually. Yeah. Come in on, on the floor, on the floor. Um, uh, and definitely not feeding it from the table. That's what my friend would do. He would I'd sit there and he'd like be eating with his fork and his dog will come and wait and he'll like take food from his plate, feed her with the fork and then continue eating. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, look, there's a Frenchie. Oh, hello, Frenchie. I'm just going for it. What sort of a... It's lovely, Frenchie. What's it called? Cassius. 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 Oh. Like the boxer. The boxer's name. Yeah. Cassius, Hi, Cassius prefers Reese to Raymond. Hi, Cassius. How are you? <laughs> Sounds like my dad when he sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> Love to meet you, Cassius. Like my drunken fiance. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. She's a drunken fiance. Like a drunken fiance. I love her. Real. She's real. So we're in Greenwich, Reese. Yes, we are. And these are sort this is sort of your manner in some ways, in terms of it's a part of London yeah. close to where you grew up, is it? Yeah, it is. You know, it's 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 funny because there's so much London that I've not experienced still. And I went to university here as well, so 
central London I know fairly well, but this kind of area is, is still a little bit kind of foreign to me. Where Anywhere where the DLR is, I'm like, oof, <laughs> uncharted territory. Although I, I was born not far from here, I was born in Lewisham Hospital. So um, this is kind, this should, this kind of is my end. So did you grow up in Lewisham? Um, no, I grew up in New Cross. So born in Lewisham Hospital, grew up in New well New Cross for like three years or so. And that's is that South East London. South East London, yeah. and then my family up to move to Romford, so Essex essentially is where oh. I really grew up. That's where I call my home, and yeah, that, so that's 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 where most of my formative years were. I think in I think in New Cross, I think around the time there were some uh, bad kids around and stuff. My parents were like let's get out. Um, protect our precious boy because he's our world um, and daughter because she's there too and then um, <laughs> they moved us here um, and it's been great you know so anytime I come back here it's always quite like these parts of London are so nice because I forget living in Manchester now Manchester's got so many amazing parks you can walk in and I'm always there like oh London's just a city yeah. there's no places and I forget you have these kind of parks which is really lovely. Did your parents raise you Together? Yes, yeah, my mum and dad are still together. Uh, my dad is, or was, retired now, was a, a detective from the Metropolitan Police. Shut up. Yes, always. It always gets that re reaction. But the thing is, it's, it was for fraud, so people always think he's Luther. I'm like, he's not. It's, it's more like, you know, someone's been messing around with credit cards and, you know, he's, he's dealing with that. Or I'd come home and there'd be like a bunch of iPhones and I'm thinking, oh, and he's like, no, don't touch it, it's evidence. But um, yeah, very intelligent man, always. He, he, one of the things, he, he will always know what celebrities got any links to Jamaica. So anytime you're watching something, like Jessica Ennis Hill's on, he'll be like, oh, her dad's Jamaican. Like, Thanks, dad. That's, that's great to know. Um, and my mum is, um, she was, most recently was a teacher at my secondary school. So you can imagine how great that was for my development. And then, but before that, she worked in London. She did like fashion um, and, it was awesome. So she used to bring me to work sometimes. Um, it'd be like the posh, posh part of London. She'd be there and she'd kind of like, I would like fix people's clothes, do um, like, do do all sorts of really clever stuff with people's clothes. I never really wow. understood. What was it sort of styling and alterations? And yes, things? that's yeah. the word I was looking for, alterations. Yeah. She'd yeah. do all that kind of stuff. And then I would play in like, there was like a little basement room underneath. And I'd go play there and do my own thing uh, with my sister. And then sometimes the boss would come and take us to dinner. And that was really, really cool. So we had, um, yeah, mum and dad both raised us, uh, the three of us. And so there's me, uh, there is my sister Zanya, who is 25. And so she works, she works in recruitment and now she works in something else. And I can never re remember what it is that she does, but she's very good at it. Um, and so she lives in London as well. And then there's my youngest sister, Michaela, who is 17. And um, she's what my mum refers to as the bonus. We're not allowed to call it a mistake, so we don't. Um, although my little, although Michaela does as a term of endearment for herself, but she says that we can't do it. So that's the rule. And she's currently in sixth form at the moment, um, doing computer science, maths, and drama, which are very difficult. I, I, I hear her, she talks to me about a-levels and I start breaking out into hives and like please don't because it's PTSD yeah. but she's doing she's doing that at the moment she's in she goes to school in Finchley actually she's going to quite a very good school um, she's definitely the smartest one out of the three of us what big shot is flying above her heads right now it's probably Gary Barlow going to the O2 or something. <laughs> it's probably like... <laughs> so tell me 
So what sort of family environment was it, Reese, that you had? Was it a, a noisy, lively, kind of fun family? Yeah, you know, uh, it was a bit of both. We were quite a, a noisy, lively family. We'd, um, Zan, and I, Zan and I were always playing, we'd be playing, watching TV, and then when Michaelia came and like added a new kind of level to the kind of mischief that we could do. But we were always very behaved as well. Mum, mum was very, very big on manners. We didn't, we didn't play with mum at all. You know, like what mum said goes. Um, and dad was very much kind of like that quiet character as well. So it's, it's more like mum, mum would do most of the shouting. <laughs> and then if dad did the shouting, that was like, you stop, stop. Like you've gone too far. Um, so dad was always very, very calm person. Um, uh, and mum was very calm as well, but it was like mum was always kind of, mum would be the disciplinarian if she needed to. Uh, and then what was really great was because sometimes mum and dad, when mum and dad were both working and they're both very busy, we'd get family members who would come and live with us and look after us. So we've had, I remember my granddad came from the Cayman Islands and he stayed with us for a bit. My aunt from Jamaica um, and my cousin from Jamaica as well came when she was around in her early 20s. And she actually met, she met her husband here and now she lives here in the UK now. And so we, we always had family, different families in the house. And it was always fun. It was always, yeah, it was, it was a safe place. You know, I, I, I always look back on um, my time, my family, my childhood. And I'm always really grateful. I'm always interested in how families, you know, when you're upset mm. and you've got a problem, would it be your mum or your dad that you'd go to, you think, if you were, I don't know, having a problem at school with friends? It was mum. Mum, it depends on the problem. I think when it was like an emotional problem, yeah. something that happened at school, something upset me, it would be mum who I'd go to. If it was something practical... Like fraud. Big <laughs> fraud. <laughs> um, or, um, you know, there was something that I couldn't fix, something that wasn't working, it was always dad. Raymond, come on. Look at that, he's, he's, he's marching now. Ray. Yeah, those feet work, those feet work, that's it. So like when my car, when my car had a flat tire, I had no idea what to do. Dad's the one that I'd be like, Dad, help me out. Um, so it was different, yeah, it was different problems, but it was like a practical thing that needed to be fixed. I'd go, Dad, when it was like an emotional thing I was dealing with, it was always Mum. Pretty dreamy scenario in some ways. Yeah, it was, but I mean, no family is ever perfect. You know, you have your arguments, you have your, um, you know, your quirks. For instance, like, I can't play a decent board game with my family because <laughs> no one pays attention. It's like, you know, we'd, we'd sit and play Monopoly and it always goes the same way. You're playing, it's great. And then someone calls on the phone, mum goes to answer it, takes a little too long. We said, okay, we'll, we'll take a break until mum comes back. She never comes back. And then the game packs away, we never finish it. And that, you know, I'm still not over that. It's annoying. Fast game's a good game, but it never worked with us. If you got in trouble, what was it normally about? Um, if I got in trouble, it would have been for breaking something. I rarely ever got in trouble for things at school. Uh, though, you know, there might have been times where I acted out a bit, but I was, it was, that was never really my nature. You get such a lovely response walk, walking around, Reese, don't you? You're probably not even aware of it, but I uh, am, and I see people's faces, and what's lovely is it's just, they just look happy. It's like you've made their day nicer. Oh, that's really lovely. I, I've not, I've not noticed, well, I think I sometimes I'm aware, I became a bit more aware after CBBC, but mostly with kids. Kids would, kids would notice me and do this kind of shock face and look terrified and excited at the same time. And then um, they'd either tell their parents and their parents would look and have no idea who I am because they're like, who is he? 
and um, they might have the bravery to come up and say hi or they'll just walk away. <laughs> but it's hard because I never know how to respond because you, you I, I can imagine I go like, yes, it is me. And they're like, we weren't looking at you. I think, oh, my bad. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> oh, and they today. Say, Excuse me, can we have a photo? And they say, yeah, if you could just take it of the boat. <laughs> yeah, of the bus. Yeah, oh, of course. Doing this stuff, like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, I just assumed that. No, never mind. <laughs> I want to go back to your childhood and just... Junior Reese and people that become performers, mm. and you're obviously very warm and engaging and charismatic. And I think those qualities aren't something you can really learn. No. I think they're quite innate. Were you? I'm going to go show off. Were you a show off as a child? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. I think I had some. I definitely had some show off tendencies. I was shy though, at the same time. I think it was more of I liked. I was the kind of kid that liked to engage the crowd. So I, I'd like to kind of go. What is this crowd like? Are they fun-loving? Okay, let me be me. If they were a bit of a serious one, I'd, I'd kind of like keep to myself. Um, but I didn't really do any kind of drama stuff until I was 10. So in like little plays in school, I'd always enjoy it. And then I didn't take it seriously until when I was 10 and my mum forced me to do drama. Because she's like, you're not doing anything else. And I was like, all right, thanks, mum. <laughs> um, and it was for My Fair Lady. And I'd never heard of it before. And so I was like, oh, I don't know what this is. And then the teacher made us watch the film. And we actually all watched it. None of us got bored, which is quite amazing because it's a very old film. And I remember watching Professor Higgins. I went, this guy is really pompous and arrogant and speaks eloquently. I like him. I want to be that character. So I auditioned for it. And I remember they went, do you not want to be any other character? Like, no, no, just him, please. I'll, I'll read for this one. Because I didn't understand the idea of, I was like, that's the one I want. Why am I going to go for anyone else? He's a posh white privileged man. He is man. a posh white privileged man. And that was something <laughs> as a young black child from a you know, humble background that spoke to me. Yeah. So um, yeah, I remember I auditioned for it and got it. And then I remember we did the play and or the musical. And I remember just all the attention, that was when I first got all that kind of attention from people going, you are so good. And I went, this is amazing. And I think it's that hit that everyone gets when they have that first kind of taste of performing. And then every, and then after that, my best friend was like, he saw that, I was like, I want a piece of that. So then he auditioned for Greece and he got Danny. What did you get? And I got Kaniki. I'd go Kaniki rather than Danny, in the same way I'd always go Rizzo. Yes. Sandy. I think Kaniki and Rizzo's relationship is way more interesting. I would have loved yeah. like a, like a spin off series about them two. Like, what did they get up to? What, well, what I think we know what they, well, got, we know up what they got up to. We know what they got up to. Our parents had to pretend that what <laughs> was going on. Know. What does that mean? Just watch the film. Just, just watch the film. <laughs> what, do they, what did he mean it's broken and she doesn't care? Shh, 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 shh. Eat your popcorn. I was always, um, I was always up for showing off in front of. Um, like friends and stuff, but it was always when I was in an environment that I felt comfortable with. Yeah. So I was never the kind that would go into a new place of people and then just show off. Unless that was what I was supposed to do, if it was yeah. an addition or something, I could turn that on. My mum was that kind who always who made me show off. So she, like, I'd do a <laughs> dance show. So I, I remember I did, I did like, I put like a little dan a dance troupe in, in secondary school. It was just like a street dance and um, my mum had a DVD and every time a person, family friend came over, she was like, Reese, get the DVD. I was like, mum, please, please stop. And she was like, where is it? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And she made me find it and then put it on. She'd make, she made me do all of the tech work, put it on. And then the minute it was on, I'd leave the room and go do something else. <laughs> while she just like makes this poor person watch me do a mediocre dance and Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. And it was... My mum my mom loved it, so my mum always pushed us to kind of perform and do yeah, things. She, if yeah. she knew we had a talent, she wanted, she wanted to show it off, which actually I appreciate now. 
as a kid, it's mortifying when, yeah. and you can look, you can look at the person's face, and you know they don't really care, but they're just being polite, like, yeah, sure, just show me yeah. you playing um, Free Blind Mice in the record. I'd love to hear that. Um, Reese, what would you like to drink? I'd like a hot chocolate, please. That's the most adorable mm. thing I've ever heard. What's wrong with that? I don't like coffee. Hot chocolate's my coffee. It works. Do you know what, Reese? I'm going to join you. Join me. Should we both have a hot? Let's chocolate? both have a hot chocolate. Oh. Reese, Ray spotted someone. Ray spotted. Ray, hold on. That dog. I there like you go, Ray. Those, um, collies, Reese. I love collies. Ferociously clever. Um, my girlfriend's got a collie bred with a lab, and she will always find a ball. So, we're, like, we're going out for a walk now. You take off the lead, she runs off, and then you call her back, and she comes back, ball in her mouth all the time. Oh, always wait. finds a ball. Wait, what? Mrs. Reese has a dog? I didn't know about this. She, I mean, well, it's her family's dog, and she loves it very much. And so she, she's, she's when you argues with me a lot about. Um, when I'm talking about boundaries, she's like, you're not going to do that. I was like, yes, I am. And she's like, well, I'm not going to follow those rules. I was like, well, yes, you are, because we need to be a team against... If, 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 we're both, if we're both disagreeing on how things should go in the house, then the dog won't respect either of us, and it'll play us against each other. They're clever, especially if you want to get something like a collie. They know how to play human, so we need to both be on the same page. Do you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing the sun of the police detective who specialised in fraud, which is trust no one. Trust no one. Trust <laughs> no one. Well, I heard a story, I heard a story about a person who had, a, who's, uh, had the same kind of rules with his dog, and um, he recently put in like a camera, mm. and so he looked back on it, and the dog would you know, walk, walk to, the, to the door and say bye to him, and he'd close the door. The minute the door shut, the dog would go straight on the sofa and wait. And the minute that he heard him like, unlock the door, he jumped off and like carried and acted as if he was never there. And the man, and the man saw it all on camera. And I, you know, and I thought to myself, if if that was me, I'd have to respect it. Yeah. I'd, I'd be like, you know yeah. what? I, would, I did that as a kid. Like we weren't allowed to eat in the living room. But the minute my parents were gone, we ate in the living room all the time. And then we ran when we weren't supposed to. So I have to. I relate. You know, my my rule is I'll give I'll give the dog the rules. And it's just don't get caught. You know what I think you and Ray get on, Reese. Why? You're both very gentle souls. I think so. Yeah, I hear that. I like I like Ray for that. He doesn't he doesn't bark. He's very quiet. He's he's obedient. All the things that I am when I need to be. It's his eyes. It's his eyes. They're so big. It's like he's animated by Pixar. We've got our hot chocolates, Reese. We have. Shall we? Walk up here? Of course. Oh, oh those are those nice ladies we saw earlier. Hi again. <laughs> oh, I know. Nikita, Nikita's probably sleeping still. Or I'm doing sorry, because I got the most amazing video of you and I'll show you how close we were. Please do, please do. And then it didn't save. I was like, Naomi, that yeah, of your um, Argentine tango. That was amazing, by the way. I've been listening to in there tonight all week. <laughs> and eating Cadbury's <laughs> chocolate, I imagine. <laughs> See the, what was the other one? The Charleston. Yes. Oh, my God, that's my favourite dance. This is how close we were. Thank you. Oh, my God. We were right at the front, like, literally. You are almost one of the contestants. Oh, <laughs> See, I've got the oh my gosh! Is that how fast I move? Look, honestly, you're so. Oh my! I mean, Reese, you're coming across Thank you. Honestly, I know. I'll tell you what. You don't believe how nervous I still get on that because that just jumping over a woman's head is like, will I make it this time? 
Um, and it's... Uh, We've all been there. You have. <laughs> it's honestly like, you see it on TV because we obviously watch it every week, but when you see it in it's person, like, it's like How even better. Do that? Yeah, I, it's insane. No idea, but... Um, Thank you. Will do. I'll let Nancy know. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Girls. Thank you very much. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet your dog as well. Um, so, Reese, I want to talk about your career mm, ascent, really. Okay. Were you academic at school? Yeah. Uh, I, I got there very much in, after doing my GCSEs, I remember I worked, I, was, I really struggled with maths, hated it. And then um, my maths teacher gave me like this disc. And I realised that learning from a computer was perfect because I can't argue with a computer like I do with my maths teacher. So I had to listen. And like I wrote in a book all the stuff and kind of got good grades and then decided that I wanted to be a doctor. So um, when I went to sixth form, I stopped doing like performing arts and stuff. Not that I, I hated it, but I just thought I want to focus on, on this now and performing arts is just a hobby. I never saw it as something that I could actually, you know, do. I thought that was like a pipe dream. So I remember doing that and then I went to university to do human and medical science. So I didn't get the grades needed for medicine. So I thought I'll do human med science in undergrad, then I'll do graduate medicine afterwards. And then in my second year, I realized I didn't want it. I wanted more maybe the, the title of being a doctor rather than what the job actually entails. And when I realized that I thought, okay, this is, Sometimes you go to university to realise what you don't want to do rather than what you do want to do. But then it was around that time I started doing uh, presenting for a news show on our student channel and I got back into musical theatre and drama. And I remember, I remember going to my first musical theatre um, society meeting and I was stressed from revising and all that kind of stuff. And we sang some show tunes and everything. And I hadn't been that happy in such a long time. I, could, I was like, this is... I can't believe, I forgot how good it felt to do this. And at that moment, I wasn't like, oh, this is, I want to be a performer, but I just thought this is so nice. I, I need this for my own mental well-being, just to give me a break from the, acade from the academia. And then um, in my second year, I joined the National Youth Theatre in uni. And then that's when I realised that performing arts you you can make a living from that you don't always have to be famous you can be you can be a working actor yeah. but still have a modest life and I thought that's amazing to, to have that and um, then in my third year we they nominated me for a national student television award Raymond 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 Reese, mm. do you notice that Raymond comes to you now instead of I, me I have noticed that and I won't lie, my ego's huge now because of it. It's because, oh, not having dogs. When a dog does listen, you're like, oh my gosh, the power. It makes me realise why certain people get like giant cats like on Tiger King. They, 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 you know the rush of having an animal obey you. You know what it makes me realise? That um, Raymond's completely disloyal. <laughs> yes. So you got this, this performing bug, basically. I, I did, I did. It was um, when I... So, in my final year, they nominated me for a National Student Television Award, which is like, uh, all the unis in the UK kind of do it. And one uni would host it and then everyone goes there and it's just like a weekend of, of like having fun, meeting loads of people who yeah. want to do TV. So I went, but didn't take it seriously. I was like, look, I'm not going to win this. 
I'll just go and have fun and pretend to be one of these, you know, TV types. Because most of these other kids were there and they were studying television, they were studying production and all that kind of stuff. And I was doing science, so I was just there as a hobby. And then we went to, and then we got to the big um, ceremony. It was very fancy. Everyone was wearing tie suits and everything. And it was very much like the NTAs, but everyone's poor because yeah. we're students. And um, I remember sitting there and we had um, Lizo Zimba from Newsround who was uh, announcing the award. And I remember sitting there thinking again, I don't want it, I don't care. And I was on for best on screen male. And as he got to that, to that part of the award, I realised I did want it, but I thought I didn't deserve it because I was always doing it as a hobby for fun. Mm. And I thought, well, these other people have worked really hard, maybe they should get it. So you won this award? I won this award I, and I, it was basically, I, I, before it happened, I literally went, God, listen, it's Reese. If I'm meant to do anything in television, please let me win this award. Yeah. I know I should be praying for world hung to end world hunger or something, but this is what I want at this moment. And, um, and I thought, oh, it's never going to happen. And they called my name and I couldn't believe it. And then I remember calling my mum and dad and um, I was like, mum and dad, I won. They're like, where even are you? You didn't tell us where you went. I was like, oh, I'm in Leeds. Yeah. Um, I went to this award and I won. And I remember I thought in that moment, if I can win the award for something that I'm doing as a hobby, what can I do if I actually really put my mind to it and, um, and, and go for it? So I made a showreel with some friends and then we sent it around. And then the next thing I knew, CBBC had messaged me when I was, I was in Italy doing some tutoring for two weeks. And um, they messaged me and um, went me to audition for this show called Whoops, I Missed the Bus, where you kind of watch a CBBC show and then you give like a funny review about it for, you know, three odd minutes. So um, I had to learn to video edit and do all that kind of stuff from home. And my friend from uni would come and film it with me. And I did that for CBBC for a while. And then they asked me to come and do more things. And they asked me to come in and to their main studio and um, do some presenting. And I didn't realise that was them kind of screen testing me to be part of the main team. I was just like, I'm just doing a job and it'll be cool to do. And um, then summer came along and I was there like every day. And then they signed a contract, made me part of the team. And then it just grew from there. And that all happened over kind of like a year. I remember I joined CBBC in 2016. And then after a few months, I went, um, did some things with them in Birmingham. Um, and then, yeah, became part of the main team that summer. Raymond's just messed up the floor. Look Spaniel. Raymond always makes it look so awkward. All the other dogs, <laughs> you know, they're, they're there doing the etiquette. Raymond's like, what, what's happening? <laughs> now, Raymond's stoic. Raymond won't flinch. I'm impressed. <laughs> no. His facial expression is exactly the same. He's, he's, it's, it's, it's very stoic. It's very old school Churchill British, this. <laughs> i tell you how Raymond... Raymond, if you're not going to play with him, let him go. Raymond deals with um, social interactions with other dogs, a bit like a hedgehog. Yeah, he does. He, does. he curls into a ball if he can. It's like the prey will go away if I disguise <laughs> if I just, myself. If I just stand here and play dead... <laughs> They will leave me alone. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, so, so, yeah. yeah CBBC. Uh, and then... Um, so did that take the pressure off Reese in a way then? Because in a way, yeah, you didn't think you were going up for a job. You were just doing you. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's it. Because I would, I would have gotten so nervous if I knew it was an interview. But because I was already on the channel in some way. Yeah. So when I went on to went into the studio, I was as a guest. And like, we've got yeah. Reese from Whoops. So I, yeah. I felt like I was there in my own right. I wasn't they're trying to prove anything. 
So I just kind of went on and, and just had fun with the other presenters. And they really liked the banter I had with them. And because it was myself, Katie Thistleton, Lauren Layfield, Krim Zeruel, and Hack of the Dog. Um, who's puppeteered by Phil Fletcher. And we all, we were all such good friends in that time. We all really got on, our humours were the same. And um, I just, I loved every single one of them. Like any, because it was always a duo. So two of us would present at one time. And it was always a different kind of magic I had with each of the different presenters. Mm. Um, I loved it, like, especially my early days in CBBC. It was just so amazing because kids, because kids would always ask, oh, did you always want to be a kids TV presenter? I'd say no, because I didn't know that was an option. I didn't know that you could do that mm. uh, until it, it was put in front of me. And it's the funnest thing because on CBBC, it's, you, get the, you get the exhilaration of live television, because we're always live in the afternoon, but there's not this humongous pressure that if you get something wrong, a bunch of people are gonna complain on Twitter or you know get offended. Most of the time the kids forget. Sometimes they don't even notice it's gone wrong. Sometimes they love it because it's gone wrong. Mostly they love it. Mostly they love it because <laughs> it's gone wrong. And you're able to, when we're able to do sketches and comedy and you're able to really grow um, and you get guests on as well. And it's a wonderful, I partly say training ground, but I try not to at the same time because that almost makes kids TV seem like a stepping ground to yeah. get away and go somewhere else. Whereas kids TV is a wonderful thing in its own right. But I think if you were someone who wanted to go off and do other bits of telly that is more that more adults might watch, CBBC is an amazing way to kind of learn who you are and what kind of a performer you can be. Hello. Hello. Nice How are you? Nice to, to see, see you. Nice to see. This is George Northwood. This is Ray Stevenson. Hi, George. This nice is to meet you. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. Ah. Apparently so. Yeah. You really are. An honour, sir. Hello. Is that your dog? Are those your doggies? Yeah, it's my friend Patrick. This Hi, Patrick. I'm Emily. Nice Hi. to meet nice you. To meet Emily's a dog lover. I've done the Walk the Dog podcast. You need to check out. We're the doing it now. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. it's you're, fine. You're, you're doing it now. Sorry. I love Where's that you're on it. Special yeah. guest appearance from George Northwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhys is doing the Strictly tour at Greenwich at yes. the moment. Yeah. So we thought we'd come locally. Okay, well, I'll right. let you George, get on with your, yeah. So, so lovely, lovely to see you. Lovely to meet you too. So nice to see you. Take care. Lovely to meet you. Take care. All the best. Bye. Right. Bye, bye. Bye, George. Come on, Raymond. Come on, Raymond. Oh, he's such a nice man, that George Northwood. I like that coat of his, actually. Do you remember when you got the call saying, okay, you've got the job now? Yeah, so I was, so I... I auditioned for the show uh, when I was graduating uni. So um, the summer I graduated in 2015, the summer I graduated, I auditioned and I didn't hear back from them the whole summer. And thought, oh, come on, come on, come on. And then they got back to me and said that, unfortunately, they're going to go with someone else um, because they felt that I was quite similar to another presenter that they had. So, but they said they'd love to keep my stuff for the future. And I thought, they're just being polite. I'll never hear from them again. So I was like, cool. And then I went away and got a job where I did science workshops in primary school. So I do science days and I do like a club after school. So we do something about physics or biology. And it was always like really fun, um, fun experiments really. And that was amazing because you come into the school and you'd be like a rock star. They'd love you because like, oh my gosh. And um, so I did that for a little while. And then the next year in February, 2016, they, they sent me an email and said, hey, um, some things have changed and we would love to have you on the show now, if you'd still want to. And I 
could not, I remember exactly where I was. I was on the stairs at home. I, I, I think I was walking up the stairs, took my phone out, looked at the message and stood on, stood on the top and was like, what? And then I grabbed my mum. I was like, mum, mum. And she, she, she was like, what? and she was, she was trying not to get too excited because she was like, what if this is, doesn't happen again? And I was like, and then, and then the person I wanted to show was my little sister because by this point she was in year five. So this was very much her thing. And so she got into, so Michaela got into the car and we picked her up and went, Mick, just read this. And she read the email and screamed. And I, I think the shock for me was how people reacted. I thought people go, would not care because it's kids TV, but everyone was so excited that I remember uh, my friend's granddad at church like, went to the front of the whole congregation and just went, did anyone watch Reese on Saturday? And I was like, stop, this is mortified. They all cheered and clapped and watched it. And it was literally me doing a joke about how, because the show I was watching was about werewolves. And I was joking about how being a werewolf is like being your own pet in a way. <laughs> so you'd have to walk yourself and all that kind of stuff. And they were all cheering it. And I'm there thinking some of the kids in our church have gone to be doctors. Why am I getting a standing ovation for this? But it was, it was lovely because it, it was a support yeah. from people. But I think it was also, because I feel like when I told people that I wanted to be a doctor early on, it wasn't met with a lot of enthusiasm and not in a negative way, but I think because people always knew that this was what I should have been doing. Really? Well, yeah, well, I remember my vicar said it. He was very much like, um, I don't see, not, not being, and not that he was being, not saying I shouldn't do it, because I always see you more as a person for the stage and that's where I think your talents are. And he was, just, he was, he was very supportive whatever I did. And then when I ended up doing this, he, he was so proud and happy because I was like, I just think, not because he wanted that for me, but because he just knew that that's when I was happiest. And it's amazing how sometimes people can see yeah. what you want before you even know. Well, do you think your parents felt that as well a bit? Or how do you think they felt about the change in direction? You know what? They were very, they were very good about it. I think my mum, my mum was like well I can't control what he wants to do I think she didn't want me to have like given up on something out of emotional anger and um, I think my dad might struggle I think my dad struggled a bit because he didn't want me to have quit and then just not do anything and so because sometimes when you when you had this plan and then you stop there's that moment where you don't know what you want to do so you kind of get stagnant for a little bit and um yeah. I think my dad just didn't want that for me. He didn't want me to get stagnant and then not be doing anything. But then once, once CBBC kicked off properly, they both love it so much. But they never, um, they never took away their support, which is what I always appreciate with those two. They let me kind of figure it, figure it out for myself. How lovely that you found, Reese, something that made you happy and you were talented at. Do you mind, sorry, if I just get this rock that's been in my shoe for the last 10 minutes away not. and it's been driving me. I mean, that's so Reese. He's had a rock in his shoe. I know, it's been He hasn't polite. said a word. Not said a single word. He's been trying to shake it and it <laughs> won't budge. Um, so you have a co-host. I do have a co-host. Who is a dog. I'm actually going to go sidekick. No offence, Hacker. Oh, wow. He will love that, so go for it. <laughs> so... Reese, talk me through your on-screen 
Doggy Coaster. Right, so my on-screen Doggy Coaster is, uh, he's a Wigan dog called Hacker. Hacker the dog. Um, that's what the T stands for, in Hacker T-Dog, basically. It's his middle name. And he is a very cheeky, um, occasionally charming, um, sometimes volatile creature who um, lives to entertain at the expense of my comfortableness sometimes. And what? he's wonderful. I love him very much, actually. He's a very, very funny, very funny creature. And um, the best thing about Hacker is he, um, he performs for everyone. He loves throwing in little bits that parents get, that kids are like, <laughs> what is that? So anytime he gets to mention the Pet Shop Boys, or Pink Floyd he's going to take, or any kind of show from the 80s that I've got no idea about, he'll throw it in. And um, I, he was the first person I presented with, actually, when I did CBBC Live. And I remember being terrified because I thought, <laughs> he's going to end my career before it starts because I know what he's like. He's going to be really cheeky. He's going to say jokes that I can't repeat back. Um, in fact, one, one he did that was incredible. And it was um, kids were asking for advice on certain things. And we were like being like agony aunts. And um, one child asked, oh, help, my dog keeps stealing my space on my sofa. Every time I get up, what should I do? Yeah. And Hacker went, oh, I know exactly what you should do. You should put your dog down. And my face <laughs> dropped. And then he went on the floor. And I thought, you're so, you are such a nuisance. Because my, you're my, thinking my eye, cancellation. Pupils, my pupils <laughs> dilated tenfold. <laughs> I have a question for you. I don't normally do this, mm -hmm. but I have a question. My friend Frank Skinner, who I do a radio show with on Absolute. Love Absolute Radio. Oh, good. We like that, Reese. Love, love that. Get the numbers up. Frank's son, Buzz, he has a question for you. Okay. Would you mind me putting it to you? I do not mind at all. I don't normally do special requests like this, but for Buzz, I'll make an exception. For Buzz, I mean, you have to. I have a question for him, he says. Mm -hmm. How about, he's used a colon, I mean, great punctuation from the Amazing. boy there. What's it like working with a dog? Then he's followed up, sorry, talking dog. Talking dog, it's very different. Um, a lot of people dream about what it'd be like if their dog could talk. Hack is a very different story. I, I dream about what it'd be like if he couldn't talk. <laughs> um, he's very, um, he goes by his own rules. So you have to be ready for anything that he says. Um, he also loves wearing Hawaiian shirts, so I've always <laughs> got to be prepared for the glare that they give me because they're quite loud. Um, and I, it's, it's, um, I'm still trying to figure out how he's so short, yet when we present together, he reaches my waist. I don't know how he does that. It's very, it's very clever. Um, but you know, all in all, it's very, it's very fun because I love, the thing about Hacker is, him just being there already makes it funny. And so you don't have to work too hard now to, to gain the attention of the kids, you know, yeah. or the people who are watching. You are already, you're already winning with them there. It's that kind of same power you get if you're with the Muppets or with, you know, the characters from Sesame Street. Just their presence already is funny. Yeah. And it's, um, it's quite a joy to be a part of. I'm always very confused by people who, who struggle to interact with characters like that. Hackers told me about times where he's gone to meet certain famous people and they just can't get it. They just don't get working with him. What is funny though, which I will say, is whenever we're doing a serious thing on CBBC, he's not allowed near us. Because Hacker being even trying to be serious is funny in itself. Him trying to make a serious face. 
we've filmed um, like links where in case like the you know God forbid something happened to a member of the royal family, mm. and so it's very much kind of very stoic and hello you might have heard yes, of this happening. Yes. Here's what you can do. Hacker cannot be a part of that no. at all. I it's... find that with Frank Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, go in the cupboard for a minute. We're, we're getting serious. Stop. So all in all though, he's he's a dream. He's very, very fun. Um, I love it. Um, can we talk about Strictly? Yes. I've been pretending I don't care <laughs> to try and be cool. You've done really well. But I was a, I am a huge fan. But you obviously, as so many people know now, you were in the last season of Strictly mm-hmm. and you really, you may not have taken home the trophy, Rhys, but you certainly, you stole our hearts. There was such an overwhelming response to you. I want to know, take me back to, I know you get asked this a lot, what was it like when you got the call? Oh my gosh, I... But I, what was it like when you got the call? Oh my God, I, 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 so I, I only had one Zoom interview. I was filming something with Bite Size uh, on, on BBC and that I had 15 minutes I could spare for an for interview. So I had one within the dressing room and then the, the director, you know, stole me away. And then I was finishing a day in CBBC, going down the stairs and my management called me and they went, are you alone? And I, was like, and I thought, oh my gosh. And I went, yes. And they all just went, you're going to be on Strictly Come Dancing. And I, I, I screamed oh. and it echoed. And I ran to my car and we just talked in the car for ages about what's going to happen, what's the plan. I, I couldn't believe it because I had like, we probably spoke about it a lot, like, like a Strictly playlist of songs. That I'd be like, that would be a great song to have. And I just listened to it straight away, like with a different kind of excitement because I thought, this is going to be reality now. It's no longer going to be something in my head. Yeah. Which is a great thing, but also a bit of a sad thing because then it means that it's, you know, you're gonna be, you're gonna realize if you can really do all those dances that you imagined yourself doing. It was such a huge thing and I couldn't believe it because I thought that's a thing I can only dream about. And then I remember Karim did it um, two years prior and that's when I realized, oh, it, it, it is actually within, it is close enough, it is within range to be on the show. But again, Strictly has to choose you. You can't really... I find Strictly is a bit like when MI5 tapped the shoulder <laughs> of a student at Cambridge or Oxford, you know? It's like, come with us. Uh, you, you, you get the call. And, um, or you, you, I mean, you can like say that you'd want to be on the show. You can put it out them. there. You can put it out there. But it's up to them to, to take you. So for me to have gotten that call, especially being, you know, a modest children's television presenter, not everyone knew who I was, um, was actually really wonderful. That that's the beauty about Strictly. They, they don't chase numbers like that. Of course, they'll get you know they might get their influence. They might get their big pop star as well because it brings the fans. But they also take a chance on people like me who are quite, you know, modest. Were you overwhelmed by the reaction that you had? I was overwhelmed by the reaction. It was um, it was strange already. You see like your followers going up, and you see people random people you don't know messaging you about how you know, mine and Nancy's dance really made them happy for a long time. And you get these like, really gorgeous messages that you read and you just kind of think, oh. um, it's, just, it's just amazing to think that you have, you have an impact on someone by just dancing. And it just shows how powerful Strictly is as a show, you know? And uh, it really does come with that responsibility afterwards now because wherever I go, 
Well, because in my head, I thought, oh, I'll do Strictly, I'll have a great time, and then next year, <laughs> everyone will forget who I am because there'll be the new, the new cast. And so <laughs> someone went, no, Reese, they will always remember you on Strictly. And I thought, oh, okay, it's cemented. Yeah. Um, it, it, you don't realise how big it is until you're in it. And especially come, it's like Strictly is global, right? So many shows have their own shows, like the Dance of the Stars and stuff. But none of those countries seems to have the cult following that Strictly has here. It's, it's different. I can't explain it, but it is. And the tour which you're doing at the moment, mm-hmm. um, which it seems like you're absolutely loving, because mm-hmm. in a way, is it that you're getting all of the fun and the lovely side of it, but you're not getting the, I feel like, vomiting? 100 In front of the live audience. 100%. I mean, you have got a live audience, but it's not, you haven't got Craig Revel Hall. <laughs> no, you haven't. And it's, it, and the audience are there, because they've seen, they know the dance you're doing, so they already know they're going to love it the audience already know the dance you're going to do so they're already excited to see that they just want you to do well and you're familiar with the dance this time it's no longer this thing of i've been struggling with it for four days is it going to go right on the night because i i've never felt nerves like i did on strictly come dancing because for me it wasn't i don't think it wasn't so much the performing it wasn't so much the the audience it was the idea that it could all end in that night and that, that's because it's something I dreamt of for so long. And to think that it was going to end because I might have tripped up was the worst feeling. And I t- I'd never gone to the bathroom so many times. I was so, my, my weight dropped. Um, Did it? Not in a bad way, but it just, I just became leaner. And um, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was really scary. It was really scary. And then the, the tour was a completely different experience because there was no fear of going home anymore. It didn't matter about winning or getting or getting the votes you're just there to perform this time yeah and that's what they want to see and i had and i've had the best time on the tour i love the show as well but i think it's just like you have to keep proving yourself each week and um it's really hard with a show like strictly as well because dance it, it's an entertainment show first and yeah. a competition second um you can be a fantastic dancer but if the audience just don't vibe with your character you're not going to get the votes and you can go home and you know Aston Merigold's always the biggest one I think about because the man was an incredible dancer and went out in week four you know so things crazy things can happen in the show and then Nancy and I were in bottom two in week five I believe and that was a very shocking thing and that's when I was I remember being so worried because it felt like now we had to be phenomenal just to stay in because we realized that in terms of the fan base everyone else had kind of garnered that kind of loyalty of followers talking about strictly and just nerves and things mm. you strike me obviously i'm meeting you today sun shining we're walking a dog you're looking forward to your job tonight how do you deal with not so good days um for me it's i like you know what i'm a, i always joke i'm a bit like a dog when i have blue days i like to take myself away and just be by myself and um, because I find sometimes sadness can, sadness can do one or two things. It can, it can bring people in and, and get them to show you that love that you need a lot for healing, which is wonderful. And sometimes it can affect other people in a wrong way and make them sad as well by omission. And I don't like the idea of doing that. So I always kind of like to take myself away and just process it on my own. Um, Prayer is a huge thing for me as well. I like to do that when I'm feeling quite sad and um, 
and upset. And then for me, like sitcoms, watching a good show to take me away from something. I love films. I love to be. I like to distract myself when I'm feeling like that. Um, but more, I think the most important thing is I allow myself to feel it. I stop trying to do that thing of like I'm not going to feel sad anymore. You can't control that. It's like a being sad is sometimes like a cold. You know, you just got to let it, you know, work its way through your body, and then eventually it goes. Um, do you cry, Reese? I do. Not, not so much when I'm sad. I haven't, I haven't cried when I'm sad in a in a, in a while. I remember there was um, during Strictly we had a really bad rehearsal. And I was stressed, and I remember crying in the dressing room because of that. And I hadn't done that in a in a long time. It was I felt better after it. Yeah. And um, you mean bad rehearsal in terms of you couldn't, you weren't in the zone. I wasn't in the zone. Yeah. I wasn't getting the moves, and like there were people watching as well, and you you could feel them all feeling sorry for you. You didn't want that. I didn't want that. And I remember I went into the room and just kind of like had all these emotions and didn't know what to do. But I'm not the kind to like punch it out or any of that kind of stuff. So I just I just cried for what must have been 30 seconds, wiped the tears, and then just kind of sat down and just kind of went, all right, I'm feeling I'm feeling stressed at the moment. This is this is how it is. This is okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing is you got to feel it. You got to feel sad. Allow yourself to be that way. What's Reese like when he's angry? I can't imagine you really being angry. When I'm angry. I can't ever imagine you losing your temper I'm being quite, angry. Oh, you haven't seen me play <laughs> video games, Emily. You and Beth, you must have the odd couple, Ralph. Not so much. I mean, we, we, we've argued about silly stuff in terms of like when it's appropriate to celebrate Christmas. And I'll get very passionate about that. I'm very much a December 1st and go hard. <laughs> nothing before and she wants to celebrate in November the 1st and I will not have it so we'll have silly arguments about so that let's, so let's do an example let's just set up I'm Beth okay and I say well I'd like to put up the tree now and get all the decorations absolutely not it's November the 2nd what, what, what are you doing no have some control do you want to enjoy Christmas because if you do it now, we're going to get bored by the time it's the 25th and we're not going to care. We need to wait. Let Bonfire Night have its time. There are other <laughs> holidays before this. And then that's, that's how I would be. I, I would just try and calmly but passionately explain my piece. <laughs> do you um, think, Reese? I was going to say, I think it must... I don't know, I think it's really great that you've got a girlfriend because, you know, we've all seen people... Fame's an old thing. Mm. And I think suddenly you're getting... It's lovely, the attention. Yeah. But it is based on a, a persona mm -hmm. to a degree because it's not the, per the you on TV isn't exposing every facet of you. No, she will watch me do something and it might be like really cool, and then she'll come to me after and be like, "You're not like that at all." I'm like, "Shh, let me keep that facade for the people." But it's <laughs> lovely to have someone who sees you for who you really are because I think when you reach a certain level of fame, you then always start to wonder, do. You, is that person interested in me for me yeah. or for what I have at the moment? And um, when you have someone who liked you before you was anything, then you know you've got someone solid who's going to support you through when you're something. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm very lucky. But she is also... What does she do, Ruth? She is a props designer for CBBC. CBBC. So she, uh, she makes things, she does the graphics. Uh, on CBBC. At the moment, she's um, working with them. They're doing, they're writing a story for um, BBC Worldwide. So when they do like CBBC Poland or CBBC like 
Africa. Yeah. And um, they're writing a story and she's doing the illustrations for it at the moment. And she's so good. She's like, she's so good. And she does that whole thing of like, oh, no, I'm not. And like, can you stop the false modesty and accept that you're brilliant? At, you've just drawn like a little teacup with a face and I'm in love. It's amazing. She's very, very talented in what she does. Um, I don't know how she's able to have a mind to kind of create fake brownies that look real um, <laughs> for them, but it's, it's a true gift. Do Way you, more um, talented than me. I want to ask you about the church because I know you said earlier that you use prayer mm. and you find it helpful. And the church has been a really big part of your life, hasn't it? Well, yeah, I, one, the thing I said on um, Strictly that a lot of people that resonate with a lot of people was that the, throughout my whole life the church has been the one constant um, so in my relationship with God's always been the thing in in my life that I've always held on to and, and, and has never really swayed it, like I, I have moments where I might not pray as much I get distracted by other things but I always come back to it um, and I how I always like to describe it especially when you grow up in a, in a Christian household is, um, and both your parents are pretty religious, right? Yeah, my mum. My mum. I mean, your um, mum wears the trousers. Let's mum wears it. the trousers. <laughs> mum would always take us to church, and it was always like it was always a thing on Sunday. So like when I came to Manchester, I looked for my own church, which was really cool because I could take. It felt like taking control over my own faith, which is really nice. Mm. Um, but how I always thought of it is when you grow up in a in a in a Christian family or religious family, is God is always God almost seems a bit like an uncle who comes and visits, and he's there to see your parents and and asks you about your day, but then you run upstairs because you're shy. Yeah. And then as you get older, God becomes less of an uncle and more of actually a, a friend of your own who then you speak to and share your issues with and you have your own relationship with because now you're a bit more mature and you can bond. And I think that's kind of what it is. As a kid, it's just a, a thing. It's a part of your life. And it's not until you get a bit older that you start to take charge of it yourself. Um, I know you said as well that when you were growing up, your faith, in some ways, did it make you an outlier in a way? That certain, because there's disciplines and things that you observe, aren't they? Which yeah. perhaps other non-religious families don't. Yes, yeah, hugely, especially in school. It was, I was always a bit shy of mentioning it because it always, it always led to loads of questions. And sometimes I was just a bit too tired to answer them all. They'd be like, so what, So you don't do this and you don't do that? Like, no, like, why? Is it just because we don't. Don't you, don't you want it? It's like, well, no, because I've never done it, so I don't know what I'm missing. You know, things like... So the sort of things like Halloween and yeah, stuff. Halloween, yeah. the biggest one. Yeah, biggest one. Like, I never did, uh, never celebrated Halloween. So all my friends would be like, you don't do that. I was like, well, no, I, I have sweets at home. I'm fine. I don't need to ask strangers for it. It's, it's all good. Um, <laughs> it's probably a lot safer if I don't. It's probably safer if I don't. But there were, um, yeah, it, was, it was always those kind of questions. Then, I, then um, the biggest one is, is when it comes to drinking. I'm not, a, I'm not a big drinker, but that's not because of Christianity. I just don't like alcohol. It's a personal choice. It's, it's a personal choice. I just don't like it. It's just, I'll happily have an apple juice and speak to you whilst you're having, you know, your alcohol pop. I don't know what it is you want to drink, but like <laughs> we can still talk. I think people always wonder if I'm judging as well when you, yeah. they always think you're judging when you say you don't drink and they're doing it. But it's, it's, it's those kind of things that I, I remember I had to learn to kind of um, deal with and, and navigate but it was, it's, it's just always been a part of who I am and the funny thing is when people when people do know you're a Christian they they, um, they watch everything you do so the minute I might say a joke that might be a bit yeah. you know risky or naughty they're like Reese 
You can't say that. <laughs> my favourite one was um, Lauren Layfield, who used to present with me on CBBC. Anytime I said something that was a little bit out of character for me, she'd be like, Reese, you're the Jesus one. <laughs> it always made me laugh. Um, because it's, when she said that, it wasn't her like teasing. It, it, was, it, it was her endearment of like, you're, you know, you know you're, you're a Christian and I love you for that and you're doing something that's a bit out of character and I don't want you to do that because that's not how I know you even though she's not religious herself so it's, it's kind of a wonderful thing when you I think when you get older I, I, I wonder if sometimes it's people are testing you to see just how you know are you, do, are you this way because of your family or are you this way for yourself and when they realise you're, you're that way for yourself they learn to respect it and um, and afterwards it becomes a much more easier thing you don't feel so much like an outlier anymore. Did you feel like that growing up anyway? A little bit but not, I was never bullied for it or stuff but I think I was just always aware of there are things that my friends that friends did or families did that we didn't. It was just always something that I noticed so I did feel like an outlier but not in a not in a negative way it was just I always knew I was a bit different in the way that we were raised. Are you a people pleaser? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean I'd love to not be it so much, but yeah, I am. Like, t I'll, I'll change. I'll, I'll, I'll do a thing where I'll sometimes change myself just to try and match it. You know, if I'm going to meet, if I'm meeting people who might be, I don't know, like a bit more urban or something, I'll try and lessen the accent a bit. Or if I'm meeting people who are, like when I, when I met um, Prince Edwards and we did an interview for the Duke of Edinburgh, I mean, I went so RP, it was ridiculous. I just like to... I, I adapt. Um, so talk I, me through how I'm Prince Edward. Hello, uh, Rhys Stevenson. Yep, so nice to meet you. It's a pleasure. It's an honour. Um, how are you today? That's fascinating. Yes, all the, all the thesaurus words would come out. Um, and then suddenly like, one of your friends turns up. And I'm like, Rhys, like, oh, what do you say? What are you saying? It's so good to see you, bro. Um, <laughs> wavy all those kind of things it's people people are nice when they're pleased so i like i like to please people well reese i have to say i've absolutely loved having you on walking the dog you've been an absolute joy ray ray, ray wants to go me. home with you i'm going to give reese a lift shotgun have you enjoyed meeting Ray? I've loved meeting Ray. Ray, you're an absolute delight, my friend. And any, look, if you're ever in Manchester and you need someone to show you around, I'm here. Just hit me up and I'll come see you straight away. All right? Love your hair. I love the way you interact with the other dogs. You're just yourself. I'm going to miss you. Bye, Ray. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that. And do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. <laughs>